welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Well, it's Wednesday, August the 21st, 2019, and I'm coming to you from Los Angeles, California. I'm so grateful to be here in California. The Lord has given Lifeline the opportunity uh, to be a part of an Indian Christian church and their family weekend conference. And so we will be able to present to this church here in California about gospel-driven justice, encouraging these Indian believers, Southeast Indian believers who are living here in California to get engaged on behalf of the fatherless. And so, so excited to be here in California. But before I left Birmingham, I had uh, such a great opportunity uh, to sit down with a dear sister uh, from a dear church back in Arlington, Texas, uh, Fielder Church, and was able to sit down with Krista Stotler. And Krista is their uh, director of Orphan Care Ministries, and she does such a great job representing Fielder Church. And so we just wanted to talk to Krista about the way that God has moved in both her and Larry's life, uh, as well as the way that Fielder is really wrapping around They're in Texas, the orphan and the foster child. But before that, we want to remind you that our Run for One is coming up in just three days. And this is our annual run that goes to support strategic orphan care through our unadopted program. We can't wait to come together this Saturday with a common heart for defending the fatherless as numerous runners and walkers are participating across the country and even around the world. But the good news is if you have not yet registered for the Run for One, it's not too late. But make sure you do it today because registration will actually end tomorrow, Thursday, August the 22nd, especially if you want to run at one of the locations and have your time count towards a prize. So make sure that you run for one and you register and you can register by going to runforone5k.org. Again, that's runforone5k.org. And if you are not at one of these locations, one of these local runs, it's a live run, you can still run wherever you are. And as you've seen, hopefully on social media, we're trying to fill up the map and have someone join and run for one in all 50 states as well as countries around the world. So even if you can't make it to one of the live locations, make sure you register for the run wherever you are by going to runforone5k.org. We are privileged to be here with Krista Stotler and Krista and Larry were able to come down for Rooted in Love, which we are having this weekend. And as she was here, we stole some time to just get a little bit more about her story and what's going on with Fielder. And so she studied business management at the University of Mary Harden at Baylor. Uh, She married her college sweetheart, Larry, and they've been married for 24 years. And the big part of their story is their seven children, uh, including the five that they have adopted out of foster care. Uh, So she is such a servant-hearted woman, and we have gotten to know her, and it's been such a pleasure to get to know her and the role that she plays at Fielder and the love that she has for Christ and the love that she has for the vulnerable, especially those in foster care and those orphans around the world. Part of Krista's job is she gets to travel around the country as well as around the world, uh, shepherding the faith family at Fielder to engage them and to equip them to care for orphans and vulnerable children. So Krista, thanks for joining us, And, and when you do, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about what you do at Fielder, your story, and how the Lord prepared you and Larry for this ministry. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Harvey. So 
I am the director of foster care and adoption at Fielder Church um, in Arlington, and our church has a vision um, that was set out in 2026 that by the year 2020, and I'm sorry, in 2016, by the year 2026, that we will have relieved a thousand children through foster care and adoption. Um, one of the things that is so amazing to me is that's audacious, mm. um, but the Lord is able to do that. So a little bit of our history, Larry and I have been married 24 years, and when we were dating, we discussed on how many children we would want to have. Um, I said I wanted to have eight and adopt eight, and he said he wanted to have two. And so I'm a better negotiator, <laughs> I guess. So um, yeah, so we we were married, we have two bio kids, um, and then we started doing respite for a family, a foster family next door. Um, and then those two children became available for adoption, and we were able to, to adopt those two boys out of foster care. And a year later, we felt the Lord was still calling us to um, provide a home for children um, that were in need, and there was a um, group of three siblings out of Austin that were um, in foster care for four years and they were seven, eight and 10 years old um, and had been there a while from a bad trauma background. And so we took that step of faith and um, through the years we're 11 years post adoption and the Lord has just taught us so many things. And um, when the need arose at Fielder and I was approached, I said, absolutely, my heart's burning like the day that I asked Jesus into my heart wow. that I want, I want to do this. And so the Lord's equipping me for what I need because I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that the neat thing about Fielder and, and I was able to visit uh, back in June, the staff there and to meet with Jason, your, your lead pastor, and, and just to see the heart, not just of the congregation, but of the staff to really wrap around. And I, I was amazed at just as we went around the table with so many of the strategic staff members at Fielder, how many of them had personally experienced either being adopted their, themselves or having adopted or being a foster parent or even being open and willing to adopt. It, it was just so refreshing to see a church that has this audacious goal of a thousand children, but also seeing a staff that says, hey, we're a part of this goal, just like we're asking the congregation. Uh, just such a sweet spirit at the church. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the role when we look at James 1.27. It wasn't for a paired church organization like Lifeline. It was for the body of Christ and the body of believers. And so why do you believe in your role and, and really in Fielder in general, why do y'all believe so strongly that the church needs to wrap around and make these audacious goals? Well, one, the Holy Spirit has put it on our hearts, um, put it on, on our lead pastor's heart, Jason. Um, but two, it's not a matter of should you. The, what you should wrestle with is why shouldn't you? Because scripture tells us that we're to care for the orphan and the widowed. Um, you know, James 1.27 tells us that. And, and one of the things that we found at Fielder is that we are all real and we are messy. And when we pull the mask off and we let each other see inside of our hearts and our families, that we realize that we are all the same and that we can come in together and, and support each other and share those community goals together. And um, we may not fit in the typical, we are that family right. <laughs> um, that people see, but you know what? We are a family that loves the Lord and we want to engage these kids, whether they are gonna be reunited with their biological parents, whether they're gonna be um, placed for adoption or whether they are, their parental rights are terminated. They need Jesus just as much as anybody else. And, and continuing um, as a church body, we're finding ways that our whole church can, can put in. You may not bring a child into your home, but there are ways that you are able to help in the foster adoption ministry. And even talk about that support because that was the neat thing as, as I was getting to meet with your team. And unfortunately you weren't there because you were actually serving in Columbia. But as, as I watched the team interact, there's support, not just 
in the faith family body, but in the staff, supporting one another, carrying one another's burdens. You know, even at one point, I believe it was one of the student pastors uh, is just really in a struggle right now with one of their children. And I mean, Jason just stopped and we prayed over this brother. And you saw that this wasn't just a, hey, let's stop and pray, but that the staff and the church had really been wrestling with this brother. Talk about how, why it's so important to have those relationships even in your own journey, to be able to get through those milestones and those, those hard times. Absolutely. I think one of the main things that, that um, we struggled with, Larry and I, about eight years into our adoption is we didn't have the support. We had a lot of people that would say, oh, we're praying for you, or we'd share a part of our story. Um, but to have somebody to stop and pray for us in the hall of the church um, as we were walking out of worship, not just that, you know, Facebook, hey, this is such a society of, you know, how, how can I pray for you texting? Um, but to have people that know your story, have people that, that walk alongside you, that do not judge you, that we are all messy. Um, and that's one of the things that, that I like to, to really um, lean into our congregation and say, you know, let's stop. If somebody's struggling, we're going to stop in the halls yeah. um, and we're going to do that. And if, and if in support group, that's a place that we can talk privately and, and confidentially. But one of the things is you catch somebody's eye as you're walking through you know, the mall, the church, whatever. And it's no longer those happy Sunday, you know, hi, how are you? Oh, doing good. How are you? You know, and the night before you had a horrible fight with your spouse or your child or, you know, your child got arrested or whatever that looks like. Um, but you're able to look that person in the eye, give them a hug and know where they're coming from. Um, and, and as a staff, we are, it is it's the most beautiful thing to be able to share those life um, goals, the life struggles, and know that it's okay, that yeah. we're gonna love you anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and I think even I've noticed at Fielder that that started at the top, you know, and, and we were even talking before we started the podcast about how the Lord has blessed Fielder with Jason, your lead pastor. And, you know, he started off as a janitor, then was the missions pastor, and now he's the lead pastor. And just a man of complete humility, complete surrender. And I could tell he leads the church as a servant leader how has the church and even the, the orphan care and foster care ministry really even followed that lead in being servant leaders? Absolutely. So one of the things that, that Jason leads us well in is, is um, he leads by example. Um, he tells stories from the stage that are real life stories. Um, he, he says, we're that family <laughs> uh, because he's got six kids too that were adopted from China. Um, and they have, have a messy story too, just like we do. Um, what's beautiful about it is that he leans into our staff. Um, he, we go on um, fasting retreats together as a staff. The lead team goes on fasting retreats. Um, and I've always thought of that as being kind of a hocus pocus maybe kind of thing until I experienced it. And could I really not eat for three days and do nothing but praise the Lord and pray as a group? And to see that and to see him lean into us and how the Holy Spirit moves in such a way, um, anything that we need to do, um, he is like, Krista, let's get this done. You know, if our, our goal may be a thousand, our vision, but if we can, we can help one orphan, that's going to be following scripture and what that looks like. Amen. And one of the things that I've just come to love about your leadership and about just what's happening at Fielder is a lot of churches, and, and, and I don't mean this in a in a backhanded way, but but it's good to start by talking. But I do feel like Fielder is really walking the walk 
where it's not just talking about let's support one another. You are supporting one another. It's not just a pastor that says let's fast and pray. He's, he's showing you how to fast and pray. And then you and Larry and, and your leadership specifically at the church saying, we're not just going to ask you to do this. We're going to dive in there with you and show you how to do this. Talk about how Fielder is specifically living out this call and just how you would encourage some other practical ways for churches to get engaged. Okay, so, you know, it, it, it's easy to, to look in from the outside and think, well, that's not really for me to bring a child into my home. Um, one of the things as an adoptive parent that we felt like we did not have is, is just support. Um, there were quarterly support groups that you could go to. They weren't faith-based. They weren't, um, they were usually through an adoption agency or through um, CPS state, state ran. Um, and so that's one of the first things that we did is we said, we are gonna have a weekly support group. If you have any interest whatsoever or in foster care or adoption, and um, whether you have a grandchild, a kinship placement, um, you're thinking about adopting, um, you have adopted, whatever it looks like, we want you to come every week. Um, every week is a big commitment. <laughs> uh, but what we found is we run anywhere from 50 to 100 people through a month, but it's not the same people every week. When you're in crisis, you don't wanna have to wait three or four weeks to come in and get the support that you need. We are not a counseling center. We are not a um, you know, licensed anything. We are a church body that is coming in and saying, how can we meet those needs? Um, we have families come in and, and give their testimonies, just tell their story about adoption. Um, we pull some um, curriculum from Lifeline, from uh, Mike Berry. We do all kinds of different things that allow us to minister to these families. And then we always have a circle up time where we can just share. Um, as far as the church body, we have seen um, everybody from age 13 all the way up to age 85 that's participating in orphan care at our church. Um, one of the things that one of our senior classes did is they wanted to put first night bags together. Um, and so I walked in and I told them, I said, okay, so here, and they don't, they didn't know me, but I walked into the class and, and I said, okay, everybody pretend, go, close your eyes and I'm going to take you out of your home tonight. Right now, you cannot go back home. I'm taking you and I'm placing you in a, in a room. Think of all the things that you're not going to have. Um, and that was one thing that really hit them. I'm like, let's talk about things you need. And they were toothpaste, my comb, my deodorant, my medicine, my, you know, my sleeping machine, whatever it was. And I'm like, you can't take any of that with you. So imagine what a child feels like when they're taken into foster care or removed from their home. Um, and so that was one way that, that we were able to engage the seniors in our church. And that kind of started spreading and people started saying, what can we do? Um, how can we do this? Um, a freak thing happened. American Airlines closed down their stationed in, in Dallas, Fort Worth, and they closed down their training center and they donated to Care Portal 300 twin beds. Wow. Um, and so we mobilized and just sent out by word of mouth, hey, we need as many people that can come. We've got a two hour window on a Sunday afternoon. Um, if you have a truck and you have muscles, teenagers, whatever, come. And we were able to glean just our church about a hundred of those mattresses wow. that we are giving to the community. So there's so many different ways, take a meal, um, donate money. Um, Fielder Church offers a scholarship to our families to help with, with the adoption costs. We walk alongside them fundraising, um, but there's just so many different ways. Um, and, and with the biological families, um, we have a relationship with CPS that allows us to um, meet some of the needs of the families that have maybe a monitored return with their children, um, people that are fleeing domestic violence, so a lot of um, single moms that don't have beds for their children, they don't have pots and pans, they don't have a lamp, and people are like, I've got that in my garage, let me donate that, let me do that. So it's really a big 
conglomeration of people that are getting together and saying, yes, I want to help in some way. So it's not always bringing that child into your home, but it's it's serving and being willing to serve. Yeah, and and at the, at the root of that, and everything I hear you say, it's also getting the church from three to 85 engaged in pro-life ministry. You know, because this is this is what we need to do when life is born is wrap around and support that life in such a strong affirmation in that way. And so, you know, you've talked about that, but but certainly I know with a call and an audacious goal like 2026, the thing that I think is beautiful with what Fielder has done, and you've talked about this, is no man's left behind. So, you know, I, I do I do agree with you. People need to go, why shouldn't I adopt? But when God gives you a clear answer of why you shouldn't, you need to understand that there are other ways that you can do that. And so uh, how would you say that uh, at Fielder, because I know a lot of churches at times, especially if they've ever put their toe into the water of, of foster care and adoption and orphan care ministry, they always worry about the supremacy of the gospel getting lost. But I can give testimony that at Fielder Church, the supremacy of the gospel has never been lost. Theology has never been lost. Doctrine has never been lost. A call of holiness on the believer has never been lost. So talk about just the ways you see your leadership guarding the gospel as you're doing gospel-driven justice. Yeah, so earlier we were talking about um, our lead pastor, Jason, that, that really just feeds into us and really leans into us to um, not only do our ministry, but we are to partner with the other ministries in the church. And so I've been able as director of foster care and adoption to come in and work with our student ministry, which is seventh through 12th grade, preschool ministry, birth to five, and then our children's ministry, um, which all have strong leaders. And so my job is not to come in and take over their role, but to say, this is what we need as we're bringing foster and adoptive kids in. And so they have stepped up as their leaders of their ministry and said, how can we train? How can we um, learn what trauma looks like? How can we take these kids to camp? How can we take these kids out of the country um, and take them on mission trips with the other typical students that are in their birth homes and not to say they don't have trauma, but you know, how do we do that? And so we've come up with a model that, um, you know, we have crisis intervention. They are just another parent or another person on the trip. But when that child has a trigger or something, we have them there um, that we're able to do that. We took 250 kids to Colorado students um, and we had a crisis intervention person there. We had a nurse there um, because of the kids that take medication. Um, sometimes kids that come out of foster care from trauma backgrounds take psychotropic meds or something that you can't just say, here, dose yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it has just been really neat to see the training involved. And so for instance, our, our children's pastor has, has trained his staff on how to train the volunteers. Okay. Um, we sat down with, like I said, student ministry and said, you know, these may look like typical teenagers, but we need to be ready to know that, you know, y'all, y'all don't, this doesn't happen, or it looks like this model, but we need to be aware of what trauma background looks like. And so they've been super receptive and it's so, it's such a, a beautiful feeling to see the Holy Spirit working through all of the staff, um, from the top down, um, as even my husband is the facilities manager at the church. And um, so he takes care of all the three campuses and even they are the facilities team is saying, how can we serve? Right. Um, which is, is a beautiful thing. And, and the thing that we don't realize is one, yes, that's a ministry to these teens and these children to be able to be in these ministries and have these opportunities to go to California, to go on a missions trip. But it's also a blessing to families who many times have to be with their children at all times because of some of the trauma-based care that they have or some of the special needs. So to, to be able to say to your child, one, 
you can be normalized and go with the rest of these children, but then two, I can have some respite myself. It's just a huge ministry and it shows the way the body of Christ is working together. So I want to shift real quick. So you, you talked about that you were a better negotiator than Larry. <laughs> he wanted to have two, now you have seven. But, but talk about, because, you know, really, and, and, you know, a lot of times it is the wife that the Holy Spirit speaks to first. Um, because he's given women the motherly instinct, the nurturing instinct to want to nurture a child. And, you know, as men, we commonly think of first, well, how am I going to do this? How am I going to take care of this child? We're thinking more on the logical, analytical. If we bring another child in, I've got to probably do college. And, you know, if it's a, woman, if it's a girl, we got to think about marriage and, you know, paying for all that. And that's just what the man goes through. I, I, I remember when our first child was born, you know, my wife was euphoric to see her child, and I had a panic attack thinking, oh my goodness, I'm responsible for another human being. <laughs> but talk about how a wife who is called to bring a child in through adoption or foster care, how do you, how do you lovingly lead and lovingly you know, love your husband in a respectful way to get his heart in a place where the Holy Spirit can reach out to him as well. Yeah, to be completely honest, um, adopting two Anglo blonde hair, blue eyed babies that we had provided respite for in, for a year was an easy, mm-hmm. easy catch. Honey, I think, can you pray about this? He's already fallen in love with them. Right. Um, you know, and so that that was kind of a, a family thing where we're like, we're going to expand our family. We're going to going to reach in um, over the next year, a few months. The Lord just really was pressing on my heart that you've got four boys, but you've got time and you've got energy. And I've provided a job where you stay at home and can mm-hmm. look after, you know, and, and raise some children. So are you going to lean into foster care or whatever? And I mentioned it to Larry and he was like, we're done, we're done, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, I always throw the tagline out there, pray about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I did that in a way that, um, that in, in our circumstance was probably not the healthiest way. Um, I just kind of went forward. I was like, well, can I just look at the kids online? Can I just do this? You know, um, can I just inquire about it? And he was like, fine, whatever, <laughs> you know, um, just to be honest. And, and so, um, we did move forward with our adoption, um, both of us. But, you know, one of the things that we found is we have to concentrate on us. Um, our marriage has to be stable. We have to make sure that, that we are on the same page. Now, the way that I counsel families um, and talk to families is that um, sometimes you have to be on the same page. If there's a no on either side, you cannot move forward. However, um, talking to other families, talking to other men, um, really trying to get men that are on the fence or just absolutely against it to talk to other adoptive dads to see what it looks like, because that's exactly right. How are you going to provide? What does that look like? What does family vacation look like? With seven kids, I mean, off the bat, I mean, we're having to get two hotel rooms. Right. You know, they, they got big enough that we couldn't all sleep on the floor. <laughs> um, but I think praying for your husband is a huge deal. Um, you're not going to be able to change his heart. You're going to become a nag. Um, you need to pray for your husband. Let the Holy Spirit do the work because if you move forward with something that is not Holy Spirit driven, um, it may not turn out the way that you want it to be. Um, God's going to bless um, just your willingness to say yes. Put your yes on the table, um, and then if your if your husband or wife comes around, um, then that's great. If not, then you serve in the ministry in a way that you can still help hard, uh, kids from hard places and vulnerable kids. Amen. And and you never know that where. The Lord and the Holy Spirit actually prompted you 
into thinking about adoption and foster care in order that you'd be on the front lines for someone who has ha, is doing it today and needs you to wrap around them in a respite type of way or in a support type of way or in another type of way. Well, Krista, we're, we're extremely grateful for you and your ministry and for Fielder Church and just uh, grateful for the way that you guys lead and grateful to be in partnership with you. And I would just encourage anyone, if you are in Arlington, for uh, if you live in Arlington and you live in the DFW and you get to Fielder Church, to look at this church as a place to plug in and to be a part of. It is a truly unique, fantastic community of believers and their staff are living out what they're preaching. And if you just happen to be in the Arlington area and you need a church on a Sunday, look up Fielder Church as well and you can always look them up online as well. Well, we want to thank Fielder Church for their partnership as well as Krista for being here. And one more time, want to remind you that just in three days, we have our run for one. And so maybe you're listening here for Fielder Church because uh, your orphan care and adoption director is on the Defender podcast. You too can do the run for one in Arlington by signing up for the run where you are. So if you're interested in being a part of strategic orphan care and supporting that through a run for one 5k and fun run, go today to run for one, the number 5k.org to be a part of changing the life of a child.